On the fence about vaccine decisions. Jabs, rollouts, and vaccine strategies. These words aren't everyone's lips these days as countries around the world focus on vaccinating their populations and tackling COVID-19. Across Europe, governments are not only dealing with intermittent vaccine supplies, but also asking themselves how to encourage those residents who worry about side effects to take the vaccine. Claudia Borioni describes how science has played a role in informing her about the importance of vaccines. I should start by saying that I've always, I've always trusted doctors completely, as that that was the approach I've always had. Borioni is a 30-year-old mother of two and lives in Rome, Italy. She knows that science cannot explain everything. Three doctors, very important doctors, had told me that it was virtually impossible that um, I would end up pregnant. Can she also say that my first child, he is on the, on the autism spectrum, uh, but that has nothing to do with, with vaccines or with the fact that he's been vaccinated because there's mild difficulties that he has, um, were there before um, I vaccinated him. So they were there before, during and after. But then my second child doesn't show any um, of those difficulties. And I still chose to vaccinate him. And again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that, that there isn't any correlation between having mild difficulties and vaccinations. But has Claudia ever doubted science? Quindi no, la mia percezione non è cambiata particolarmente. So no, my perception of science didn't really change. With this experience, I had and still have um, a lot of confidence in, in, in science. That was true before and it's true now after this experience. Again, then, um, having said that, we just thought that there were things that science didn't have answers to yet, or there probably were things, but I am certain, 99% certain of the fact that we just don't know the reasons yet, but there was a scientific reason for it. In Claudia's house, we hear the voices of her two boys. Stefano is nearly three, and Alessandro is less than a year old. Both of them have received all the mandatory and recommended vaccines. After what she calls her miracle pregnancies and her older son's autism diagnosis, Claudia continues expressing her unfaltering trust in science in her daily conversations with family, friends, and other parents of autistic children. But over the past few years, vaccinations have become less of a routine practice for parents and more of a contentious topic or a matter of belief. How are people navigating this? To 
find out. Join me for this podcast today. My name is Eva von Schaper, and I'm a health reporter, and this is my colleague, Daiva Repichkaita, a policy reporter. Hi, that's right. In our reporting, we've seen that anti-vaccine messages have been specifically targeting parents with children under five years old. I don't have children, but is that something you have seen, Eva? Yes, I have, and I didn't even have to look far. A mother at my son's school last year asked me if I thought RNA vaccines, the kind used in the shots made, for example, by Pfizer, were truly safe. She forwarded me a number of scientifically inaccurate texts she had received from a different mother. For her, it seemed plausible. What did it say? Here's one by a well-known vaccine skeptic. It wrongly stated that RNA vaccines of the latest generation intervene directly in the genetic material of humans and thus change the individual genetic makeup in the sense of forbidden, even criminal, genetic manipulation. While these so-called facts are completely false, they show how anti-vaccine groups work. One of the strategies used in these anti-vaccine messages is to convince parents of young children that vaccine side effects can be as bad as the disease or even worse. Their stories are constructed to seem irrefutable and directly target people's emotions. Yeah, isn't this what we heard in an interview with Oxford University's disinformation researcher, Alexander Harasimenko? So those people who share this kind of good policy thinking about vaccination, what they think about vaccination very often is they don't really think much. In fact, they don't know much. So they don't really follow. They don't try to find confirmation of their thinking about that because they just come and feel safe and feel no need and being worried about. But there are certain categories of people. Either they believe they've been affected by a vaccination programs, so maybe who have or expect children, who know someone who's been affected by vaccination negatively as they believe. Those people might be looking for more information, might be looking for communities, for ideas, for places to share their grievances or their beliefs or their biases very often. And they found those. Growing up, I always took vaccines for granted. But when I had my first child, I came across educated, non-crunchy parents who weren't total anti-vaxxers. In the sense, they didn't believe vaccines caused autism or anything, but still they were skipping one vaccine or spacing out childhood vaccines, like the WhatsApp message from Germany, which you heard earlier. A report by the Royal Society for Public Health found that around half of parents with children under five have been exposed to misinformation about vaccines. This was true for measles, a highly contagious virus that is particularly dangerous to children. Now we're seeing similar hesitancy with COVID-19. Yes, and there is a reason we look at Italy. A study published by Christina Giambi and her team in 2018 found that nearly 16% of Italian parents were vaccine hesitant. The main reason? Doubts and worries about side effects. Moreover, under 1% were entirely anti-vaccine and thought vaccines were not a good idea altogether. 
to scope political points from parents' fears, some Italian politicians tried to challenge laws which made it mandatory for parents to provide vaccine certificates to send their children to kindergartens and schools. As reported in Time magazine, the Northern League and the Five Star Movement both pledged to scrap the law before the 2018 election. Comelva, one of the country's anti-vaccination groups, endorsed the Northern League. If you want to find more information about these political tensions, check out the show notes, where we added some links for you. From her clinic in Rome, pediatrician Lorenzo Romani tells us what was at stake. Uh, four years ago, when I was, I was still at training in uh, pediatrics, uh, I remember the hospital became full, completely full of, uh, of children with, uh, with measles. Most of all was the, the result of a bad communication through people, through internet, uh, through uh, a very wrong uh, information. The worst thing was the consequence of, of measles in the hospital because not, all, not just because we had some death, for measles from complication of measles that we know uh, one of the most uh, common complications is a bacterial pneumonia and so we, we saw some death from this disease but obviously with, with the hospital full of measles uh, we, we had problem with bad uh, occupation. As we said measles jobs became mandatory to enter kindergartens and schools. By 2018, the rate of people getting vaccinated against measles inched closer to the level needed for population-wide immunity. The same people that did not uh, vaccinate uh, her child four years ago, after just some months, uh, was the same people that, without any problem, did the vaccination. Just because the problem is that they don't know, they don't care a lot about what is really the vaccination. They just do what the world say to do. So in, in that moment, four years ago, the major part of people said not do the vaccination, and the people did that. After some months, the most of people said do the vaccination, and the people do the vaccination. So. The most important problem is the knowledge, the communication about uh, vaccination, about understand what the vaccination is. Having studied and combated misinformation for years, factcheck.org's Kathleen Hall Jamieson said that the last line of defense against misinformation is to get family, friends and office buddies involved. To reassure hesitant parents, societies need more firm and personal voices like Claudia's. Proprio perché c'è ancora moltissima disinformazione, moltissimi luoghi. Some people that you know talk about well vaccines um, related to uh, or that cause autism or even now with the 5G technology, there is all that going on. So yes, I am often, uh, oftentimes, you know, on the internet where I discuss with mothers on Facebook who are against vaccines and vaccinations. While anti-vaccine groups continue to recruit parents through personal testimony, several European countries made childhood vaccines mandatory. 
but this scares many people as they prefer to have freedom of choice. As for COVID-19, the World Health Organization specifically called on countries not to make the jabs compulsory. Claudia says she will get hers when her turn comes. And meanwhile, she continues to confront rumors online. Empathy is a powerful force, and people like Claudia are the ones who will get the hesitant parents to listen. But one thing to remember is that we are still learning how to combat vaccine disinformation. A recent study conducted by the University of Zurich's researchers sums up some of the points we have been hearing again and again. Use stories that focus on people. Tell stories from your point of view and express your feelings. This is because it is easier for us to empathize with a smaller number of people rather than a larger number. That sounds like it makes sense. I'm surely having this conversation in my parents' group. This podcast was a joint production by The Inoculation, supported by a grant from journalismfund.eu and Our Europe. If you want to hear more stories about vaccine hesitancy, you can look up The Inoculation wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook as at The Inoculation, on Twitter as at T Inoculation, that's T like Tango, or on Instagram as The underscore Inoculation. You can also follow Are We Europe on all these social networks or become a member at www.areweeurope.com slash member. Thank you.